Glory to God. Everybody say this one more time. Say, I refuse, I refuse to, be to be offended over the pastor's message. <laughs> yes, amen. You know, uh, James 4, 17, it's a very powerful verse. And I even have had people, even ministers, tell me, well, that's not really in the Bible. I'm like, I don't know what Bible you're reading. But how many would agree that James is in the Bible? And it says this, to him who knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It's not just what we do that's sin. It's what we fail to do. It's not just what we say that can be sin. It's what we fail to say that could also be sin. Apathy is a word that none of us would like to be associated with because it means lacking passion or interest or enthusiasm or concern. In other words, apathy and inaction go together. And at a time like this in our nation as believers, we can't afford to be apathetic, inactive, or silent. I want to encourage you today with this scripture and turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 11. Because at the heart, if you rip the curtain back in our nation, and you want to understand what's really going on. It all goes back to what it says in Genesis 11. In the first verse, it says, Now the whole world had one language. Everybody say, the whole world. There's this desire to wrap the whole world under one entity, under one force, under one influence, and it is old as the hills. The philosophy is nothing new. They said... With one language and a common speech, as men moved eastward, they, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Now listen to this. And they said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Notice that they're interested in making a name for themselves. They're interested in power themselves. It doesn't say anything about, let's do this for the glory of God. Let's do this in the will of God. Let's do this for God's purposes and intents. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speak in the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do without me, of course, will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, and they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from over all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, since that time, there's been this desire to reestablish the globalist agenda in this earth. If you really want to know what's going on, if you want to, you can relegate it to personality. If you want to, you can just stop at a low level of understanding and talk about political parties. If you want to, you can do that. But what's going on is 10 million times more sinister than that. And if anybody I have ears to hear and eyes to see, it should be the people of God. But I'm finding out the people of faith can be just as dumb as the rest of the world just as lacking discernment as the rest of the world. Well, as for you and for me, we're not going to be blind about this. 
We're not going to be deaf about this. We're going to understand what's really going on because behind it all is still a spiritual war between God and the one that rebelled against him, now trying to use human agency to defy God once again and establish this particular you know, system that's often been called by different names. You can call it the New World Order. You can call it the Trilateral Commission. You can call it globalism. Call it what you want. But right now in this nation, liberalism is teaming up with anarchists and atheistic communists and socialists in an unholy alliance to de-Christianize this nation. That's what's going on. Destroy our freedoms and undermine our way of life. And it's strong in my spirit today. I, this is not a typical message for me. Some of you may think it's my only message, but that's okay. But if you and I don't speak up now, we may lose the ability to speak up at all. And now's the time to do it. Now is the time to assert yourself as a child of God that understands, yeah, there's going to be a one world government one day, but it's going to be with Jesus at the head. This country has moved so far left that the grandson of Robert Kennedy couldn't even get elected in Massachusetts last week. The leftists and socialists in this nation didn't even want to elect the grandson of a Kennedy. What does that tell you? That should be no surprise to you when his uncle, great-uncle John, stood before the American people in 1961 after winning the election of 1960, and he looked at everyone and he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. JFK wouldn't recognize his own party. Because it is no longer about having shared values with differences of opinion how to get there. We're talking about completely and totally opposite values and which ones will actually win in the end. People would say, well, you know, if you're in the ministry, if you're involved in the church work, if you're involved in the you know, pastoral ministry, your church shouldn't be involved in these issues. That's exactly what they have done, and they have been effective in keeping the church quiet for far too long. Jeremiah spoke to leadership, civil leadership in Jeremiah 22. Moses spoke to civil leadership dealing with Pharaoh. Jesus spoke truth to Jewish leaders, calling them at times whitewashed sepulchers, a brood of vipers, and a den of thieves. Jesus just came to preach the good news. Let me tell you something. Part of the good news is preaching the truth, but preaching in love. But dear God, let's preach the truth. Herod was preached truth to by John the Baptist. Paul preached truth to the Festus. And that's not the gun smoke Festus. That's a different Festus. Listen. It's time for preachers to stop hiding behind their pulpits in fear of people. They might leave or they might be criticized and start using the platform to inspire political engagement instead of condoning political apathy. And we're not talking about personalities. We're talking about policies. We're talking about positions. Watch this. It's time for every believer to get involved, engage, and take a stand. 
on those policies and platforms that represent the values reflected by the Word of God. Understand this. Trump is not a Hitler, and Biden is not the spawn of Satan. When he's awake, he's not the spawn of Satan. But the bottom line is policies can either line up with the Word of God or not line up with the Word of God. And then this effort to have one world understanding and everybody getting along and never say anything that would rub somebody the wrong way, the church is losing its voice. They would say, shut up if you're the church. They would say, shut up if you're a pastor. Well, let me tell you about some lies about Christians and politics in general. Number one, we're just called to preach the good news. No, we're called to preach the entirety of God's word. And the Bible is filled with servants getting right up in the faces of those that ran civil governments and telling them what was right or what was wrong. That is the partnership that has been from the beginning of time. It was a prophet of God that told Nathan, Nathan, uh, David he was in the wrong and he was able to repent and correct the course but don't think that we're supposed to be silent and just preaching the good news. Now, if somebody's doing that out of conviction, that's fine. I respect your conviction. But if you're doing it out of fear, the Bible says the fear of man disables. Amen. Here's the second lie. It's illegal for Christians and churches and Christian leaders to engage in politics. Who told you that? Where did you see that I had to turn in my citizen card because I happened to be in the ministry? It is a lie. And besides that, it's hypocrisy because liberal churches have been having political figures and politicians and leaders in their pulpits the entire time I've been on this earth. And nobody said anything about that because it is selective in its engagement. Are you here today? No, it's not illegal. It stems from a thing called the Johnson Amendment. The church didn't like Johnson very much in Texas, and so he intentionally tried to provoke some kind of a limitation on the voice of the church, saying this, if you engage in political activity, you'll lose your tax-exempt status. Well, first of all, we're not here to get a tax-exempt status. That's not the mission of the church. Can I have a better amen than that? But secondly, it's patently wrong, and that's one of the things that the president did to strip that of any authority. He told the IRS, you will not target churches and individuals for participating and engaging in politics. That was designed to shut people down and shut them up. And it was done for political reasons, so the church wouldn't have a voice in opposing Johnson. Illegal for Christians and churches to engage in politics. Are you kidding me? What stone did you crawl out from under? And so here we just said, you know, you're right. We'll just be quiet. We'll just go sheepishly into the voting booth and we'll vote, but we won't engage anything. We won't say anything because we're not supposed to. We'll be good little Christian soldiers. They told us to be quiet, so we'll be quiet. Well, this is not the time to be quiet, child of God. This is the time to roar. This is the time to lift your voice like you never have before. You hear this all the time. Boy, this is the most important election of my lifetime. Boy, I tell you what, everything hangs on this election. I'll tell you one thing. There's never been one like this in my life. I am telling you that this is that election. This is that season. Everything that you hold dear as an American, as a child of God, is on the line right now. Yes, amen. Another lie is my lone voice won't make a difference. Yes, your voice will. 
You'll be amazed how powerful your voice is. My sister got in a conversation with two folks down in the in Houston, Texas area, and they were just completely vilifying the current leadership and how horrible they were. How do you understand most Christians and most Americans and even Christians, they hear something that's truth in the air and right back out the mouth without even analyzing that. And once they heard the truth about this issue and that issue and that particular thing, it's kind of like the, the abortion video. When somebody sees an actual abortion being performed, the video of what's happening, they no longer support it regardless of their background. Once you know the truth, then what happens is it sets you free. Are you here today? Number four, policy and politics really don't affect me, so who cares? Tell that to the Christians in California right now who are either being threatened with lawsuits or threatened with fines or jail just for doing what you're doing today. If it's legal in Kentucky to come worship, it should be legal all over the nation. And these despots should not be able to keep the people of God out of the house of God. That's their problem. That's their choice living in California. Well, you got a point there. But a lot of people by the droves are leaving California for that reason. Number five, here's a lie. It doesn't matter who's in office. But we have seen very clearly it does matter who is in office. The presidential power of the pen is very much a mighty force in the right hand or the wrong hand. You can instantly stop funding U.S. dollars going to international support of abortion instantly just like that. Instantly, you can give the people of the American people a tax holiday or a deferment. Instantly, you can suspend student loan interest and payments. There's a lot of power that goes with that. So it does matter who's in office. It does matter who's in that bully pulpit, so to speak. Are you here? Listen to the rhetoric that's out there right now. Not policies, not discussion over I agree with this policy or that policy. Listen to the rhetoric. Amy McGrath, who's running against Senator McConnell right now. Trump's win in 2016 was similar to what happened on 9-11. Now, I didn't think we raised stupid people like that in Kentucky, but apparently... (laughs) I appreciate her military service, but how could you equate a a duty and bona fide election to a terroristic threat and action on 9-11. We have just gone off the rails in this country. And you know who's going to put it back on the rails? God, through the influence of his people. That's how we're going to put America back on its rails. Yeah, you're right. All that, you know, devastation took place all from an election. The presidency has been called illegitimate because the Electoral College went in favor of the president, but the popular vote went against him. The same people who are calling this election illegitimate have been constitutional lawyers and scholars all their lives. And I want to say, what school did you go to? Well, apparently the same one that Bashir went to, moving right along. That's how we do things in this country, so that you don't have three or four states running every single election. California, Texas, New York, Florida, and maybe Illinois, that's all you'd have to do as far as campaigning. It's the wisdom, spiritually, in, in, you know, enlightened wisdom of our forefathers say, we're going to do it this way. But it didn't get the popular vote, so it's illegitimate. No. It's the way it was set up to, to protect the influence of everyone in America, 
not just allow four or five states to run everything. I love this one. A vote for Joe Biden. It's a vote to let our democracy live another day. Vote for him if you want to. Vote for the president if you want to, if you feel impressed by God. But come on, really? The democracy is over. If the GOP moves to fill the seat of Ginsburg, just burn it all down. That's a nice Republican, Democratic thing to say, isn't it? What a wonderful thing to say. Just burn the whole thing down. We don't get our way, we're going to pick up our Tonka truck and leave. Just burn it all down. And if you do see it in justice, they won't be legitimate. They won't be legitimate. You have a legitimately elected president and a Senate, and if it's confirmed, then the person is legitimate. Where do they get these people? They should have been taught civics and history in class instead of sensitivity training. These are the leaders. Let me tell you, it's not about the republic, it's about power. Just holding on to and getting power, not using power to help people. For example, with a stroke of a pen, reducing the price of insulin from over $400 to $35. That helps people. Telling them what you might do or will do and have been telling them for 75 years does not change anything. Amen. Let me say that I'm getting some of the finest stares I've ever gotten in my entire ministry. Yes, amen. Power has been held by the same group in LA, LA, Chicago, New York, Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, you name it, for 75, 80, 100 years. And the people that have the power have not helped the people of those cities in all of those years. And yet have the perception that that's somebody who cares about the poor. You want to care about the poor? Destroy the unemployment rate for minorities in this country. That's what's been happening recently. An all-time low unemployment rate for Hispanics and for blacks. And a high-time engagement and opportunities for women. It seems to me that's what you want to do if you want to help somebody. Almost 1,600 shootings in Chicago already this year. Four the other night in Louisville, run by the same party. Check this out. They know how to get elected. They don't know how to govern. Because when you detach yourself from biblical values, it's impossible to govern uprightly. When the righteous rule, the Bible says the people what? Rejoice. When the wicked rule, we what? We groan. Came out this week that the mayor of Nashville intentionally suppressed the COVID-19 data because the COVID-19 data show that if the, if the music role businesses and stores and bars and, and eateries were open, there was no increase in infection rate and was intentionally suppressed. They're calling him now the de Blasio of the South. Where do they get these people from? Nancy Pelosi today. Today. Everybody say today. 
said she's open to impeaching the president to stop his nomination process. Impeachment is for high crimes and misdemeanors. Nominating a person to fill a vacant Supreme Court seat is not a high crime and misdemeanor. Do you see? It's all about power. There's just something about that woman that makes me think of Cruella DeVille. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. I just want to tell her to go home and eat some more ice cream. Just. And keep in mind, you know, Acts 23, 5, when it taught, when Paul thought he had actually insulted the ruler of his people, said, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. And yet, a professor at Marshall University said this week, she hoped that all Trump supporters would die from COVID. That's nice. You better be lucky I wasn't in her class. You have Republicans that vehemently oppose anything the president is doing right now because they lost to him and their feelings are hurt. That's great. Put your feelings above the interests of the nation. Mm -hmm. They claim that Trump will have to be removed from force, with force from the White House. When they're the ones that weaponize the intelligence services to spy on his campaign and conduct an intelligence coup. Who's the one that didn't want to leave power? Mm -hmm. The president caused COVID. Uh, he's the one that shut down the flights coming in from Asia into our country. And when he did, he was called a xenophobe and a racist. Senator Bob Corker said that Trump will lead us into World War III. In the past month, the president has brokered three international peace treaties. Trump's called a racist by the same people who previously took his donations and previously gave him accolades for the advancement of women and minorities in America. When he took the oath of office, he becomes a racist. His supporters are called racist, deplorable, and ignorant. Trump is a dictator. He's the first dictator to ever give stimulus money to the people. Now that's just the rhetoric there. Did you hear anyone mention anything about policy? Anything about what's good for America? Anything about how to get this country back on track. No. My point is today that politics in this nation has been resorted to name-calling and personalities and knee-jerk reactions. And that's why, as a child of God, you need to be engaged more than ever. Know what the Word of God says and be a part of the solution rather than the problem. Well, you know, Grandpa was a Democrat, and his daddy was a Democrat, and his daddy was a Democrat. Oh, so-and-so was a Republican, and, and they were Republicans. We're a long line of Republicans. Doesn't make any difference. I found out from my dad that my grandpa was a Republican, and his wife, Anna, yes, Anna, Anna, she voted Democrat. So one day, 
election was coming up, he said, you know, Annie, what's the point of us going down to the polls? I'm going to vote one way, you're going to vote the other, we're just going to cancel each other out, we should just not go. Several years later, her friends asked her if she was going to the polls to vote. She said, we don't vote, we just cancel each other out. They said, he's been voting in every election since that time. <laughs> and that's where I came from. <laughs> Hallelujah. Forget what the Republicans and the Democrats think. What does the Word of God think? What does the Word of God say? You're going to find out that there are very few people that can conform to that. And if you understand the big picture, I'm going to say the big picture, of globalism and this ungodly, you know, uniting of the leftists and the globalists and the, and the socialists and the communists and the anti-Christians and the anti-Jews, you start to understand what's going on here in this nation and around the world. And you start to understand that God will at times raise up a very blunt instrument to do what nobody else would do. For example, in my lifetime, every president has promised to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Every single one of them. What do you call a Democrat and a Republican president who says they'll do something but never does it? A liar. The current president did move the embassy. And you're seeing in front of you right now fulfill prophecy. I'm telling you that God is doing something and most Christians can't see it because they're more attached to a label or a party or a philosophy than they are to the word of God. What does God's word say about this? Amen? I've often told the church, wrote articles about it, now, there's a man named Cyrus in the Old Testament, and he was raised up by God to do good for the Jewish people, allow them to go back and reinstitute their worship system. And the uh, history tells us he even paid for that endeavor. But if you begin to study Cyrus out, you'll find out this guy was something else. This guy was no saint. He was no Sunday school superintendent. He was no preacher. And yet God called him his anointed. Amen. Yes, amen. I just love the holy silence that I'm hearing here. Praise the Lord. How do you vote? Write this down. Number one, vote pro-Israel. People have been undermining Israel to support the Palestinian cause. That doesn't square with Scripture. Scripture says, I'll bless them that bless thee. I'll curse those that curse thee. Blessed is the nation as God is the Lord. I know a lot of things are being said about our nation right now and all the things that could happen this fall and all the woe is me and the gloom and the doom and the despair and this one had a vision and this one had a dream and this one had a revelation. Can I just make it real simple for you? The Bible says that he will bless those that bless Israel. This nation will be fine because of its relationship to the word of God and its honor for what God said. So you can take all this collective gloom and doom and just stick it down the toilet and the septic tank because God is going to bless this nation because of actions taken courageously by somebody who knows how to promise something and then do it. What does that mean? It means somebody's vision and dream and prophecy does not trump this word. No pun intended. The word rules. 
We have people right now who've been dedicated to the word all their lives and suddenly because somebody had a vision, had a dream, I'm going with that. No, I'm going to stick to what the word of God says. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless Israel and you will be blessed. Everybody said you can't deal for peace without going through Palestinians. Well, Trump said, oh, yes, we can. It went directly to Bahrain, directly to the Arab Emirates, and now there is a historic peace between these nations because all things are possible with God. Why would there be peace? Because God's getting ready to pour out his spirit and have the greatest harvest he's ever had, and he's not going to leave the Muslim and Arab nations out of this. It's all about his calendar, his perspective. It's all about the big picture. It's all about what he's actually doing. And a lot of people, including Christians, can't see this. Amen. Look at somebody and say, vote pro-Israel. Number two, vote pro-life. It's not that complicated. I appreciate the governor getting on there and with tears in his eyes the other day, uh, don't be selfish and take away the last time or that grandma that's 90 years old or grandpa is 90 years old has on this earth by refusing to comply with my mandates. That's great, but what about the little babies that you sanction being ripped out of wombs every single day in Louisville nonstop? Since you care about life, how about life? How about the governor of New York instead of sending the COVID patients to the Mercy Hospital ship, putting them into the nursing homes on purpose? Because you appreciate life. Now, if you're going to go life, then appreciate life. Hallelujah. Let's protect the elderly. Let's not deny them care. We have reports all over the nation of the elderly not receiving the care they should receive in the hospitals because the, the patients don't have family there or friends who can overlook and see what's going on in those hospitals. Straight out of Obamacare. Straight out of the bill itself. Why give them all the aggressive care when somebody younger might need it? Because they're human beings, that's why. As long as they're on this planet, they deserve the best. And oh, by the way, they're the ones that paid for the hospital system by working all these years. If anybody should get the benefit of the hospital system, it should be the senior saints in this nation. If you're going to vote life, vote life. Vote all the way across the board. But if you're going to intentionally close your eyes because you're more devoted to a label than you are to these little babies that deserve to have a voice in defense, you've got a bigger problem. Because in God's eyes, life begins even before conception. But it certainly begins at conception. And they certainly can feel the pain when they're ripped apart. And you intentionally... Shut your mind down from thinking about the reality of this happening every single day. I never have, and I never will vote. I don't care what party they're a part of. I will never vote for someone who is for the dismembering of a human being inside that womb, destruction of that baby. And no Christian should. I said no Christian should. Amen. Vote pro-life. It's not hard to find. What do you believe about this? And then when you find out that they are pro-abortion, you just turn the other way. 
Say, no, not for me. I'm not going to have blood on my hands. Not going to do it. Hallelujah. Vote pro-Israel. Vote pro-life. Number three, vote pro-faith. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America. And to what? Yeah. Well, some of us still say under God. Some of us still believe that God is the one blessed in this nation. Just listen to people and see if secular humanism is their foundation or if faith in God is their foundation. And go with God. Turn to somebody and tell them, go with God. Number four, vote pro-peace. Jobs instead of mobs. Peace instead of violence and destruction. You cannot demand justice while tearing somebody else's business down. You can't say, I'm going to get justice by denying justice to others. That doesn't work. Dr. King knew that, and that's why he said, you will not get anything with hate but more hate, violence with more violence. But the modern movement today is not following Dr. King. In fact, the head of the modern movement today is people who've been indoctrinated into the communist way of thinking. They admit this. And still, Americans and even Christians have no problem with that. You should have a problem with that. Number five, vote pro-Constitution, because your very threats right now are being threatened by those that want to literally toss the Constitution out. Freedom of assembly, freedom of speech. Amen? Amen. The right to bear arms and everything else is suspect right now because they don't believe that document should be revered and honored. It should be replaced and tore apart. Ask that simple question. Where do they stand on the Constitution? Constitution, you can see if you study it, was directly influenced by the Word of God from stem to stone. And I'm going to tell you that it's an anointed document. It doesn't have the authority of the Word of God, but it was inspired by God for a nation. And it should be honored, not trampled on. Say to me, vote pro-Israel. Vote pro-life. Vote pro-faith. Vote pro-peace. Vote pro-constitution regardless of their label. How do they fit with this particular grid? Amen? What do we need to do personally? Write this down. Number one, wake up. Shake yourself from any apathy, malaise, fatigue. Register to vote. If you're not registered, Jim and Jack have a table out there in the lobby. You go out and make sure you're a part of this process. Everybody say, wake up. Wake up to what's really going on. There's an attempt through globalism to dislodge this nation as an exceptional nation to make us just one member state of all the others. And that's not what God's called us to be. You say, why is that? Because only God came and established the covenant with one nation, Israel. Globalism will never work. All nations are blessed through Israel, but not all nations are on the same level with Israel. And we are the only nation where those that came here dedicated this land to God and voluntarily made a covenant with him. The world did not do that. The world has rejected him. But Israel, by a covenant that God made with them, the United States with a covenant we made with God, 
is very exceptional and very unusual. Amen. Wake up. Go ahead and air poke somebody right now. Wake up. Number two, pray up. Get right with God and then enter the battlefield of prayer. We're going to ask you uh, for 21 days of fasting right up to the election. I'm not asking everybody to actually do all 21 days. We're going to ask you to sign up for certain days or certain days of the week through this particular period. And we'll have that to sign up for you online as well as out here on paper. But to actually fast and pray over what's coming up in this nation. Because, you know, we've got, we've got everything you know, prophesied from an occupation by China by November to bread lines that stretch miles to total chaos. But I just want to say this again. If you're a child of God, you need to be confessing the word of God over this nation and stop quoting people who had an experience. What does God say about this nation? Come on, say it. We're not going to have bread lines. And we're not going to have violence. And we're not going to have stupidity. And we're not going to have garbage going on. We're going to have peace. If it's a transition, it'll be peaceful. If it's continuing of a certain administration, it will continue in peace in Jesus' name. What are we doing being an echo chamber for the world? Tim said we're a faith church. What does the word say about a nation that is built upon the principles of God's word? What does God say about that nation? Yeah, but they had a dream. Yeah, but they had a vision. Don't care. I've got the word of God made more certain. So when I say, I rebuke those things. Some people have an experience with God and they don't know how to rightly divide it. If you have a dream tonight that a tornado hits your house and destroys everything, that's not prophetic. That's God telling you there's something going on to take you out. Believe the, the Lord. Plead the blood. Fight. Don't go, well, here it comes. This disturbs me probably more than anything. Well, it's going to come, so let's all get there. If you dial right now, I'll sell you six months of food for $25.99 per day. <laughs> yeah. Pray up so you can discern things. There are real issues going on. But in the midst of this, use your faith. Hallelujah. I've heard people do more quoting of preachers and teachers and people writing articles than I hear him quoting the word of God. And that disturbs me. The Bible tells me the word is first place and final authority in my life. You say amen? Say it, pray up. Yeah. Number three, study up. That means scripturally, but also the issues of the day. Where do these people stand on Israel? Where do they stand on life and faith and peace and the constitution? Where do they stand? Amen? Are they the ones selling the cities down? Are they the ones inciting riots? Are these leaders suppressing this stuff or letting it go on? Study up. Number four, stand up. No more hiding in the shadows or behind stained glass windows. We don't have any windows or stained glass windows in this building here. <laughs> but if we did, don't hide behind them. 
What does that mean? It means you want to be seen. You want to be heard. You just don't want to be a little sheep going into the booth and eh, vote your vote your conscience, and then that's the end of it. We can't afford that this year. I said we can't afford that this year. Number five, speak up. It's not enough just to vote your conscience. You need to speak about these matters yourself. If every Christian in this country that claimed the word of God was their rule for faith and conduct actually would go out and vote, but not only vote, but also influence two or three people, the election cycle would come down on biblical values every single time. Yeah, but if they know I'm a conservative and, and they vote, they'll start calling me names and, and I'm afraid of what people will think and, and what they'll do. That's just the whole point. That's what it's designed to do is suppress your voice, not just your vote. Amen. You need to speak up. Who needs to speak up? Who needs to speak up? Amen. You have people running for high office in this nation right now who support the execution of a baby after it's born and an abortion fails. Just leave the baby on a table and do not give it any care. We're beyond politics here. We're into absolute, you know, barbarian behavior that we should never see in this nation. Yeah, but that's the way we've always done it. That's the way we've always felt. That's how we always voted. That's why we do things. No, Americans need to get back to what the Word of God says and hold to it and not apologize for it. Amen. It is a critical cycle. It is big time important that you come out of apathy and engage this situation. Amen. And I don't mean necessarily, you know, trying to be the champion of every issue and every argument, but knowing what you believe and not being afraid to share what you believe. Amen. Say it with me. I know what I believe. I believe it. I stand for it. 